Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. truly been good to each and every one of us. It is because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. We wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the Lord. We wouldn't have our being. There's so many times that people have not woken up in the morning, but God has blessed us to have another opportunity to wake up in the morning. And I just praise God for it. I praise God for blessing us to be in the land of the living one more time. I thank God for our jobs. I thank him for the money that he gives us for always supplying our every need. We don't lack anything because of the grace of God. Our joy didn't come from the world. This peace that we have didn't come from the world. The love that we have didn't come from the world. It came from Jesus. That's all that we need is Jesus. And the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. No matter how much the devil would love to steal, to kill, and to destroy, when you got Jesus, he is powerless. He cannot steal your joy. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I praise God. Today we're going to talk about being offended. There's been going on a couple of things in our lives, some sicknesses that have been going on with us, and I begin to pray, but when we pray, it was it didn't feel like God was answering, and I've been praying for my children, and it seems as though God has not been listening, and sometimes when you pray, and you pray, and you pray, you start to get discouraged because things aren't looking up. And you can start losing hope. You can start being discouraged because things aren't, aren't happening like you think they should or you wish they would. And so we begin to, sometimes you can begin to get a little bit disappointed, a little bit discouraged when you're doing everything that you possibly can think of doing for God and God seems like he's not listening. But one day when I was praying, this this lesson came to me of don't be offended. And it's when Jesus had told John's disciples, blessed is the man that is not offended in me. We're going to be talking about that today out of Luke, the seventh chapter, the 18th verse. I'll be reading that one. Then we're going to Mark 14, 26 through 31. Mark 14, 32 through 41. You could just stay on that same mark. And then we're going to 2 Kings 13, 14, Matthew 24, 4-13, Daniel 11, 32-35, Ecclesiastes 7, 14. Let us all rise. 
Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for allowing us to be in the house of God one more time. Thank you, my Father, for your many blessings. Lord, let this service be done decently and in order, and let it be for your honor and for your glory. Lord, that you will open up the windows of heaven and listen to us, my God, and be pleased with what we are doing down here, my God. Let it please you to take us for your inheritance, and let it please you to give us yourself for our inheritance, my God. Lord, let this word go forth and be planted upon good ground, that we may bring forth a hundredfold, remove every distraction and remove every hindrance. Don't let anything be in our way, my God. But let us receive this word with gratitude, my God, with thanksgiving in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. In the book of Luke, the seventh chapter, starting at the 18th verse, it says, And the disciples of John showed him all these things. And John calling unto him two of his disciples sent them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? When the men were come unto him, they said, John Baptist hath sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And in that same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits, and unto many they that were blind he gave sight then jesus answering said unto them go your way and tell john that the what things ye have seen and heard how that the blind see the lame walk the leopards are cleansed the deaf hear the dead are raised to the poor the gospel is preached and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me and when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John. What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that are gorgeously appareled and live delicately are in king's courts. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. For I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. You see, it, it, it gets my attention because John the Baptist was chosen before he was born. The Bible said that John the Baptist was going to come in the power of, his, of Isaiah. So if he came in the power of Isaiah, he was almost chosen way, way before he was even born because Isaiah came and lived his life, prophesied did what he was going to do, and then died. And then later on, John is born in the power of Isaiah and he comes and he, so he's ordained by God. He is the chosen most powerful prophet that ever walked this earth. He was higher than Abraham. He was higher than uh, 
Elisha and Elijah and, and all of them. He was the greatest prophet that ever walked this earth. But check this out. God did not save him nor rescue him from going through any troubles. And Jesus says, blessed is a man that's not offended in me because I do things a certain way. Don't let that cause you to stumble. The word offended means to let nothing that Jesus says, does, or lets happen be a stumbling block for you. Don't let anything that Jesus says, does, or lets happen cause you to turn away from him. Don't let anything cause you to begin to doubt. Don't let anything that God does cause you to lose focus. Don't let anything that God does cause you to start being unbelieving. He said, blessed is he that is not offended in me. He said, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. See, John the Baptist, he was baptizing people and when he got to Jesus, he said, I need to be baptized and come down to me to, for me to baptize you and Jesus said we have to do this so we can fulfill all righteousness if John is this man that is fulfilling all righteousness baptizing Jesus Christ how is it that he is not offended but we get so easily offended when God doesn't move as soon as we think he should move See, John the Baptist, he went and he preached the word, he baptized people, he even baptized Jesus. And then when it came time for him to tell the truth and he told the truth, they locked him up, the king locked him up and threw him in prison. Jesus was already here and could have uh, prevented him from going to prison, but he didn't. He let him go ahead and go to prison. When the time came and they threw that party and they danced for the king, the lady danced for the king and asked what, he asked her, what do you want? And she said, John, had, John the Baptist had. Jesus could have prevented that too, but he didn't. He let them go and behead him. In the prison, he never got released. He never got out. He stayed right there in prison and died in prison. And Jesus was preaching the gospel when he died. Jesus didn't help him. Jesus didn't deliver him. Jesus didn't even look like set a fever to go even see how he was doing. Because that was the plan of God for it to be done that way. So Jesus says, don't be offended just because I do something and it doesn't make sense to you. Just because you get a little problem and you call me and I act like I can't hear sometimes, don't be offended because you're going through that for a reason. Jesus himself. It is Mark 14, 26. And when they had sung a and hymn, they went out into the mountain of olives. And Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen. I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he, but he spake the more vehemently, if I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. See, he, Peter, he wanted 
to follow Jesus. He wanted to be very close to Jesus. He had this desire on the inside to follow Jesus, but his flesh would get in the way every now and then when he was walking with Jesus. There's one point that he began to tell Jesus, you don't have to be crucified. You don't have to go through all of this. I will fight for you. And he would have. But Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense to me. You savor the things of man and not of God. Jesus had a plan. He knew that there was this was the only way that could be done to save you and I, everybody in the world. It was the only way. And Peter was not grasping that at the time. Sometimes we say, Lord, we will follow you. We will be with you. We will not turn to the right hand or to the left. Wherever you lead, I will follow. And then something begins to go a little twisted to us. And we start thinking, well, maybe God's not right here because he's not answering as fast as I thought he should answer. And we begin to doubt. Well, we cannot doubt. We have to hold on no matter what the situation is. We cannot let go. Peter, he began to say, Lord, I will not. I will die before I be offended with you. Nothing is going to separate us from the love of God. I will stay with you no matter what. But when the time came and they took Jesus, he didn't stand behind that word anymore of I will die for you when he found out that I cannot fight with my own flesh and blood. I have to stand here and let somebody kill me like Jesus is letting them do to him. I don't want to be a part of that. That was something he wasn't really comfortable with, so he was he fled like everybody else. I'm done. I'm not doing this. Because sometimes it looks like Jesus is losing. The Bible says he didn't even try to block one hit. He gave his face to be hit. He let them pluck his beard. He let them whip him. He let them do it. They didn't do it because they overpowered him. They did it because he loved us so much. He let it be done. So when we go through something, just understand that God's only letting it happen for a reason. It's not because he hates us. It's not because he's not listening. It's for a reason. Don't lose hope. And one reason I believe God lets it happen the way it is today is because he says in another scripture, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if God was to answer us speedily for every single little thing, where would the faith be? Where would our trust be? How hard would we really be holding on if he gave us everything that we asked for before we asked? He said in one scripture, I think I will hear you before you call an answer while you're yet speaking. If he did that to every situation, where would our faith be? Where we would be like that spoiled child that never has to work a day in this life and his parents just give, 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 give. He don't know the value of anything. But when God lets us suffer for a while, it keeps our mind on God. It keeps us knowing that we can't make it without God. It keeps us knowing that, you know what, if I hold on, he made me a promise and he will keep that promise. It keeps our faith being activated and used because faith without works is dead. So if he keeps us on faith, then it is possible for us to please him. So he's not going to always answer and give us everything that we want on a silver platter every time we ask. Paul, he had an infirmity, and he prayed about it three times, and Jesus said, my grace is sufficient. And I think his problem was he was going blind. 
because he said in another scripture that they would have even plucked out their own eyes and given them to me. So I think that he was going blind, but God did never heal him. God let him do that. Because sometimes we can get puffed up. If God was to hand us everything, we can get full of pride and it goes straight to our head that we're somebody that we're not. But when he lets us always keep asking, keeps us humble, keeps us down, you guys, I got everything, I'm in control, I love you very much, I did everything for you, but you got to keep asking. You've got to stay with me. I'm not going to just give you everything. We can't be discouraged. We're going to go to the same book of Mark, the 14th chapter, go down to the 32nd verse through 41. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter and James and John, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little, and fell on the ground, and prayed that, If it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wist they what to answer him. And he cometh the third time and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. It is enough. The hour is come, and behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. See, Jesus, he prayed himself. He prayed, it is possible. You can do anything. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And God didn't take the cup away. Sometimes we need to go through what we are going through. Sometimes it's not good for him to just always take things away. If he would have took the cup away from Jesus, we wouldn't be sitting here today. If he would have took away the cup, even if we were born, we would have been so under sin just like the rest of the world until we would have been doomed for hell anyway. So what's the point of living if that's all you're going to do is go to hell anyway? So if he would have took the cup away, we wouldn't have a chance. The people that went to hell went to have a chance for him to go down there and preach to the ones that were in hell and give them a chance at life. Nothing would have ever been good if if God would have took the cup away from his son. If God takes away our problems as soon as we ask, we'll never grow. We will not get stronger. Our faith will stay very small. We won't be able to mature in Christ. We will be too spoiled. Take away all the nutrition out of a child's meal and they will have weak bones, weak, fragile. They can't do anything. But when God lets us exercise, he says, have your senses exercised. And that's one way to exercise our senses is by letting us go through certain things. By not taking it away just because we ask as soon as we ask. But by letting us endure. He said, the race is not given to the swift, neither the battle to the strong, but to those that endure to the end. 
when we endure to the end, that's when we receive a crown of life. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Now there is laid up for me a crown of life. But you have to endure to the end. You cannot stop midways. I praise God for all the sickness that's been going on because it really taught me a lot. Just because I don't answer, it doesn't look like I answer, doesn't mean I'm not listening. Just because you don't see me move in your children doesn't mean that I'm not. Just because you don't see something doesn't mean that it's not happening. We pray for our families, our children, our brothers, our moms, our dads, our everybody, and sometimes it looks like they even get worse. But that doesn't mean stop. That means that God is working. He is working. listening. We just have to hold on and continue. And remember that scripture about the unjust judge. And if the lady didn't stop, he said, you know what? I'm not. I'm just going to do it because she's going to weary me. I'm just going to give her what she wants because she's not going to shut up. And it was a daily thing. You know, I'm going to go and ask and I'm going to go and ask. And so just find giving. Jesus said, how much more your heavenly father if you constantly ask him for something? He's not going to say I'm unjust and I don't care about you, but if, if he admires our persistence, our constantly going, not stop asking, and he will do it. We're going to go to 2 Kings 13, 14. Now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness, whereof he died, and Joash the king of Israel came down unto him and wept over his face and said, O oh, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Now Elisha, he had a double portion of the spirit of Elijah, a double portion. He was a prophet, a mighty prophet. He's the one that cursed those 40 and two children and they died by two she-bears. He was such a holy man of God that after he died, they were carrying this guy and he was dead and they saw a band of soldiers so they threw the dead man into Elisha's grave and when the dead man touched his bones, he came to life and kept on going. That was a mighty man of God and died from being sick. God didn't heal him. He died from his sickness. God didn't heal him. He prophesied well he was sick. As he was on his deathbed and he was very sick and he was dying, the king came to him and he said, put your hand on the bow. And he put his hand on the bow and he said, shoot an arrow. And he shot the arrow and he said, thus saith the Lord, that is the arrow of God to defeat the enemy. He was prophesying while he was sick and God never recovered him and he died of his sickness. Just because we go through something and God doesn't immediately take it away, don't lose focus, don't give up. Keep on staying with God. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a will for us. He said, my thoughts of you are thoughts of good and not of evil. So obviously there's something good coming out of us being sick or us going through something or us being afflicted. There has to be something good in there because you don't have evil thoughts about us. He said, all my thoughts about you are good. To give you an expected end, a hope, a future. So there's no possible way that we can go through something that's bad. It might look bad. It might not feel good sometimes. You might have to bundle up a little bit more. You might have to struggle for a couple days. Can't eat and enjoy your food for a while. But that doesn't mean give up. That doesn't mean God's not listening. Just because your children aren't here does not mean God's not listening. 
Just because your parents might be acting a little out there doesn't mean that God's not listening. Just because the world is going crazy does not mean God's not listening. He's preparing something. He's gathering his soldiers. He's making a way. He's always made a way. We just have to hold on. If we hold on, it will be okay. He said, if you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the lamb. He said, if you endure to the end, then you will receive the crown of life. But if we give up, it's not gonna happen. Next time, if we ever go through something, we need to remember, you know what, I'm gonna pray for it because there's nothing wrong with praying for it. And if God heals and delivers in the same hour, perfect he did it before he could do it again but if he decides to let us suffer for a little while always remember there's something good that is in you because he said all things work together for the good to them that love God to them are the called according to his purpose so if you are a child of God if you love God then everything that you're going through is for your own good Jesus, it didn't look like it was for Jesus' good. Not the way he was getting beat, whipped, crucified. It didn't look like that was for his good. But what happened when he endured to the end? He came back and he told the disciples, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All of it is his. He rose again with everything. And now all the angels in heaven, everybody down here, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. God even told all the angels to bow and to worship Jesus Christ because he endured to the end. So we need to endure to the end. We need to hold on. We need to just know that God is listening. He's listening to us. He watches. He writes it all down. He knows what's going on. He knows what he's doing. We just have to hold on. We cannot give up. We're going to go to Matthew 24, 4 to 13. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Many, and many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. We have to endure to the end. He said they will deliver you up. He's not going to stop them. He's not going to stop them from delivering us up if it gets to that and if, if that's our road. He's not going to stop them from killing us. He's not going to do. He's not going to quit. He's going to let them do what they do. But he said, if you endure to the end, you will be saved. Don't give up just because it looks a little scary. He said, thousand can fall on your side and ten thousand on your right hand, but it will not come nigh thee. Only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward of the wicked. You're not going to be hurt from all of this stuff that's going on in the world here. 
you hold on to God. If you stay with Jesus, everything's fine. If you stay with Jesus, you know that everything that's happening is for your own good. If you stay with Jesus, it might look bad, it might look dangerous, it might make you cry, it might make you not know what to do at some times, but you will always have the peace of mind because he did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So no matter what's happening, we will always know that everything will be okay. It doesn't matter how big it is, it doesn't matter how bad it is, everything will be okay. And when you start going through something and the devil begins to fight you more and more and more remember that God is only doing it for your own good he's not going to suffer you to go through no more than you can bear he's going to make a way for you to escape he's going to give you that avenue that you can get out of it he's going to make sure that everything that happens is only going to make you stronger it's not going to kill you because he loves us that much. So nothing's going to bother us. He said, don't be offended. Yes. He gave his disciples, I believe it was 70 that he chose, and he gave them power over unclean spirits and, and to heal all manner of sickness and disease among the people. And he had a whole bunch of uh, uh, disciples and a great multitude of people that were following him. And he gave one speech. What? The truth. He said, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood or you don't have no part of me or something along those lines. And all of his disciples except 12 said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And they went back. They didn't follow him no more. We can't be like that. Whatever Jesus has written, we need to hold on to it and stick to it. Hear it, believe it, live it, and we'll be fine. We can't be offended because Jesus said something we don't think he should have said. Because we don't understand something, we just exclude it. That we can't do that. We got to read. And if we don't understand, what did Jesus say? Any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. God's not going to put a cap on our wisdom. He's going to give us as much as we want. We're going to go to Daniel 11, 32-35. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many. Yet they shall fall by the sword and by flame, by captivity and by spoil many days. Now when they shall fall, they shall be hoping with a little help. But many shall cleave to them with flatteries. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them, and to purge, and to make them white, even to the time of the end because it is yet for a time appointed. Again, it is written that we will fall. Not fall as if we fell away from God, but fall as if the devil will kill some of us. He will do that. He'll throw some in prison. He'll kill some. He'll behead some. He will he'll go crazy. And he said, you're going to be afflicted. You're going to be tormented. You're going to be killed. You're going to be put in the flame. It's going to happen. But just hold on, because after a while, I will help you. After a while, I will help you. And those that do know their God will do exploits. Exploits means to do supernatural things, which is such as healing the sick, raising the dead, giving sight to the blind. Those things that cannot be done in the physical, only God can do those things. That's what they'll do, those that know their God. But we will be trying. 
But when we're going through the fire, when we're getting persecuted, when we're getting afflicted, guess what does it say? It is to purge you. It is to clean you. It is to get you white. It's to get you ready so that you will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. But if we give up in the middle of being purged, that doesn't count. We're not going to make it. We have to endure to the end. We have to hold on no matter what the situation is. Hold on and endure to the end. We're going to Ecclesiastes 7, 14. In the day of prosperity be joyful, but in the day of adversity consider it. God also had set the one over against the other, to the end that man should find nothing after him. God's not going to let us know everything he's doing down here. He said, my ways are past finding now. But if we have faith and we just trust and believe him, we'll make it. He said in the day of adversity, consider the word adversity means when something bad happens, something evil, some mischief, when you get hurt, when you're troubled, sore afflicted, when you're ill, when somebody hurts you, when you're sad, when you're grieved. When something is so heavy on your mind, when you're in misery, when you're vexed, and when things just don't go right. When all of, when any one of these or even all of them begin to happen, we need to consider, the word consider means to check ourselves. Why is this happening? Now, if we can check out the list, Lord, I've trusted you, I've prayed, I've read, I haven't done anything wrong as far as I know, then we can know that this is to purge us, to clean us, and to get us ready for at the end of the day. Because Jesus doesn't let us go through something without telling us this is because you were wrong. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have said that. But remember on Friday when we were talking about we still sin and have no idea. The children of Israel, the Bible said when they would commit sin and didn't know about it, they were still guilty. They were still guilty. But when they found out, then they had to do sacrifices and everything and God would forgive them. So even to this day, we don't do sacrifices like that. But even to this day, I don't think any one of us can say, you know what, I don't make not one mistake the whole day. I, I don't think, well, we should say that because we have no idea how many mistakes that we make throughout the day. As holy as God is and as whatever that he told the children of Israel they could and couldn't do, Oh my goodness, the list is, I won't say endless, but <laughs> it's long. You can't do this, you can't do that, you can't touch this, you can't touch that. If this dead thing falls on here, then you can't use that. You got to break that and wash that. It just, it, it goes on and on and on. And we don't do any of those as far as we know. So then we need to always every day say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for today. Forgive me for last night. Maybe I thought of something a little too long. Or, you know, maybe I said something I kind of didn't need to say. You know, and so forgive me. And so sometimes when we get sick, it's to purge us. It's that little sacrifice that they had to do when they found out they were wrong. And sometimes when we get sick, it's to purge us. And he said, call for the elders of the church and have them anoint you with oil. And the prophet shall save the sick. And the Lord will raise them up. It didn't say he's going to raise them up that minute. Or in that hour. Jesus does, and it has been done. But sometimes if our spanking needs to go a little longer than the day, it's gonna go a little longer than the day. And so when you get prayed for, he will raise you up. You can rest assured, I'm not gonna die of this sickness. I'm not gonna go down. I might be sick for a while, but Jesus is going to bring me up. That is a promise that he made us. He will raise you up. 
And if they've committed any sins, they'll all be forgiven. So when we go through something, let us rejoice when we go through something. And consider, and if we don't can't find anything, he said, examine your own self. That way God doesn't have to. Because if God examines, you don't want him to do that. That's kind of like the way me and Mary clean the house. I clean and to me, it's clean. But then Mary cleans and then mine is dirty. Because she clean cleans, I just clean. So if we examine ourselves, we can get rid of the things. If God examines us, he's going to go into detail from probably weeks ago. We just had to do it today. So examine ourselves, live the best we can, hold on, don't give up, don't let God examine you because you didn't stop. And then when he does examine us, he says they have tried. Here's a little cold, here's a little flu, here's a little headache, go on about your business, and we're fine. Don't give up. Never give up. I know we've been praying for some people that, that we know, and it looks like, well, for instance, my two daughters, it looks like they're getting worse. I'm worse by the day. And I was getting disappointed. I was. And I, I began to say, Lord, I, I know what you promised, and I've been trying to seek you, and I've been doing the best that I could do, but this isn't happening. Like, where are you? You, you could do miracles. Where are you? But that's when he showed me. Just because you can't see me doing something, that doesn't mean that I'm not. Just because you don't see things just happening as soon as you pray does not mean that it's not happening. When you build a house, you don't go start with the roof. You got to do the groundwork first. You got to prep the ground. Take out the rocks. Get it ready just to lay the foundation. So we have no idea how much rocks he's moving, getting them out of the way. We keep praying for our families and our siblings and our children, and, and we have no idea how many rocks are really there. Because when you go to a piece of land to build a house and you begin to excavate, then you really see how many rocks are in the way of tree stumps and everything that has to be moved before you can even do anything. And God's not gonna rip it out of their lives all in one day because you will kill somebody. If you have a little plant and a weed growing next to it and you just rip that weed out, you'll pull the plant up too. So you gotta do it gently and in due time and in due season, you will see. Then you can remember, man, he's been working the whole time and I was about to give up. Don't give up, let God work. Our families, he's doing something. Our children, God's doing something. He is moving, he's working in our lives. In our own lives, he's doing something. If we can't see it, just believe it. That's when we need to exercise our faith. Just believe that God is doing something. And at the end of the day, if you don't let go, you will see the whole result. And no, man, he's been listening since day one. I didn't even know he was. And he was listening since the very beginning. He was prepping before I even started praying. He already knew what we were going to ask for. He's doing something. Hold on, saints. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. We're going to open the altar. If anyone needs prayer, just come up.
church say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. For his mercy, mercy. endureth forever. Amen. Amen. The word of God that you have heard and received with an open heart, to live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you. May He keep you. May He shine His face always upon you. And may He forever keep you.